27. also that we may so direct our whole lives, our thoughts, words, and actions, that your name is not blasphemed from among us, but always honored and praised. This afternoon's sermon we will sing together from Psalm 33, the stanzas 1 and 6. somebody gives you something precious, very precious, something you really like, what would you do with it? Let's say somebody gives you a beautiful dress or a brand new bike. Do you then lock it away in your closet in your bedroom so that only on special occasions you can look at it once in a while? Of course not. You will want to wear the new dress, won't you? So you have to show that. But how? 
of the Yeshua called the precious name of God. And then we will see that we must treat his name as precious, first of all, in our personal lives, and the second place, in our public lives. Namely, our words. If you know somebody's name, then you can have access to his power and influence. If you were to be on a personal name basis with the Prime Minister of Canada, for example, then you would that you would have access to his power and to his influence. Friends do things for each other. They help each other, and they listen to each other. They have a connection. And for that reason, we like to be introduced to new people. And the more people you know, the more doors that are open to you. And the better you know a person, the more you will be able to interact with him or her. There is no more important name than the name of the Lord God. His name refers to what he stands for. He is the almighty creator, the great provider, the sustainer of the universe. For he is the one who provides us with everything we need for body and soul. He also is the one who gives us the wonderful gift of salvation through his son, Jesus Christ. It's our Father in heaven who gives us a wonderful future. Matter of fact, without him, we would have no life. Without him, you, I would have no future. Without him, we would be in the grip of Satan and share Satan's destiny, which is hell and damnation. No wonder that in Psalm 145, David speaks about how great the name of the Lord God is. The whole psalm is a psalm of praise to the name of God. David does what the Lord Jesus commanded us to do in his Lord's Prayer. He hallows God's name. That verb to hallow may sound strange in the ears of some of the younger members of this congregation, it's not a, a word we use every day. It's not a word you will find in the newspapers or the magazines. It's a word that is exclusively used with God. The basic meaning of the word is to make or to treat as holy, to holify, to make holy. When you treat God's name as holy, then you elevate his name above everything that is sinful and prone to decay and destruction. God's holiness refers to his absolute incorruptibility. It refers to his everlastingness. It refers to his purity. And that Almighty God gives us his name on our lips. He wants us to hallow him, to treat him as holy. He wants us to treat him as someone who is most important which he is. It's for that reason that he created heaven and earth and everything in it, and he put his whole creation into existence for his honor and glory. And that's why the Catechism also tells us that the hallowing of God's name has to do with the right knowledge of God. Hallowed be your name. That is, grant us, first of all, that we may rightly know you and sanctify glorify and praise you in all your works. God created everything. You know that. One word and 
to exist. That is where we see the almighty power of God. The Catechism, all its glory, refers to his wisdom. Wisdom has to do with ability and skill. Is there anybody more skillful than God? Is there anybody wiser than he? It's now springtime. Soon the trees and the flowers will blossom. Crops will start springing out of the ground. Who does that? Well, that is something that God does through his Holy Spirit. And think about how God put everything together here on this creation. He is the one who created the fluctuating seasons and the path of the moon and of the stars. He is the one who brings order out of chaos. And what about his judgment? The Catechism mentions that too. When God made everything, he said that it was very good. God is also good because there is no evil found in him. And next, the Catechism speaks about his righteousness. That's the word right. God does everything right. He never makes a mistake. He is just. He's totally trustworthy. creation into sin. Man himself became an object of pity. The whole universe became subject to destruction and decay. God is merciful. He continues to gather his people around him and praise his name. And then he recreates them in his image. And he's going to restore this world to its former beauty and perfection. Even now it's beautiful. But it's nothing compared to the beauty that we will see when sin has been eradicated. And God's mercy is shown through his son, Jesus Christ. For it is through him that it is all possible. And he makes you and me part of his glorious plan of salvation and redemption and recreation. And finally, the catechism mentions God's truth. This world is full of lies. Our own lives and disheartening at times. It becomes difficult to live in a world like this. But then the Lord our God, who has given us his name on our lips, is the God of absolute truth. You see, it's in that way that he has made his name holy. Do you know what's wonderful thing about all this, dear brothers and sisters who are here? He is your God. way he just spoke to Sophie and 
is for him. You want to know? And if you want confirmation that God actually talks to you about your relationship with him, get with the rapture. Look at the wonderful creation. Look at the wonderful gift of life that God has given to you. You didn't evolve from some tiny organism. It's incredible that there are still people on earth that believe that. He created you, and he also provides you with everything that you need. This may leave you with a question. God also gives life to unbelievers, doesn't he? Unbelievers do not belong to him. What then is the difference between them and me? brush our teeth in the morning and drive to work or get on the school bus. We live in the same kinds of houses. We get sick just like the rest of the people on earth. We go to the doctor and hospital for healing. We also have our bad days and our good days. Just like many of our friends, we try to be nice to others and we work hard and we study hard. said it's a difficult question and yet the answer is simple and straightforward think about David what kind of man was he well he was not really any different from anybody else he also received food and drink from God he also dressed like everybody else he had the same kinds of routines he too had his bad days and his good days good things, but David also did some really awful things. He was not really any different from other people, including unbelievers. But now look at this psalm, in Psalm 145, of whose name is written above it. It says that it is a psalm of praise of David. And then in that psalm, David acknowledges what a great and wonderful creator God is. How awesome his works are, and how gracious and how compassionate he is. Slow to anger and rich in love, it says in that psalm. He speaks about how the Lord God opens his hands to satisfy the desires of every living thing. In other words, David differed in this respect. makes you and me and Sophie different as well. At least it should. This Lord's Day has to do with prayer. And the Lord God wants us to have things in the right order when it comes to prayer. And when you pray, the very first thing you do in your prayer is to hallow God's name. In other words, you hold his name high and you praise him for all his good works. 
and deeds. Let me ask you, do you also do that? Fathers and mothers, young people, children. What is the first thing you think about when you pray? Do you first think about and pray the things that you need or that others need? Well, God wants you to pray about those things, but not first. What's the first thing you do in the morning when you get out of bed? Then you wash yourself first, don't you, before you get dressed? We don't first of all put on your clothes and then jump into the shower. Of course not. First things first. First you wash yourself and then you dry yourself off and then you get dressed. That only makes sense. Well, it only makes sense when you pray to your Father in heaven that you first pray him for his goodness and for his greatness and for his loving kindness. You praise him for the gift of life because your life is very precious and that's God's gift to you. You praise him for the fact that he has made you his child in spite of the fact that you sin against him all the time as we all do. And it is then that you come with your own needs. And that is why the Lord's Prayer is divided in the way that it is. First, we give honor to God's holy name. It's only when we do that that we forget about what we need. But you do not just hallow God's life. You do not just hallow him, God's name in a quiet room of the house where you can silently pray to him. You do not hallow God's name either by just going to church every Sunday. No, the catechism gives a clear explanation of what it means to hallow God's name with your whole life. It's not just praying. It's also doing. Those two go together. The one means nothing without the other. Your prayer would mean nothing at all if you don't do what you say in your prayer. And so you cannot keep your life with God privately. Politicians of today would like you to do that. So would a worldly company that you work for, or your militant union, or your professor, or teacher at the secular college or university. All of them would like you to worship quietly in your own closed facility somewhere. And for the rest, they want you to go along with the world. They want you to keep quiet. They don't want you to act like a Christian. They want you to keep your religion to yourself. Two days ago, I received an email from a certain Mr. Royal Hamill to promote a book he wrote on evangelism. The book is called Unmuzzle Your Inner Sheep. And in that email, he said that George Barna, an American researcher, discovered that although more than 100 million Americans attend church weekly, the average Christian will die without ever having shared their faith in Christ with another person. Mr. Hamill writes, I'm convinced that the problem among the Christians is just as acute in Canada as it is in the United States. There are a multitude
to the reasons Christians, for the most part, pass their daily lives lying. That's muddled. Can't go to the house and shut it up and lie. Some of us have just enough. Sundays, we can show our pious faces to our friends and family and church. And in our own, we can show it to our family members. But what we do at work and play is something completely different. In that world, we silently go along with the greedy and wicked practices of our fellow workers and worldly friends. And so what we do in church and in the privacy of the home is completely separate from what we do at work. Well, such a man isn't to hallow God's name means that you so direct your whole life, your thoughts, your words, your actions, so that God's name is not blasphemed because of you, but always honored and praised. You see, that's the difference between an unbeliever and you. Oh, sure, in a lot of ways you are not different from your worldly co-workers and your friends and neighbors. Also in our conduct, we're not all that different. We want to get along with them. We don't want to rock the boat. After all, there are also some very nice and moral people out there, even though they do not believe. Some of them are even nicer and kinder than some of the people that I know in church. But there's a difference. A great difference. The difference is whatever they do, they do not do it to the honor and glory of God. They may seem like a lot. They may seem like a lot like us. And they may appear that they do not need to change their lives. But the problem is that they do not hold God's name high. You know why that is? That is because they do not live their lives to the honor and glory of God. And you see, that's what God requires from all his creatures. Let me ask you, how different are you from the people of the world. Do you live a different life? Is your private life that you show to your family and to your brothers and sisters in the Lord different from your public life? If that's the case with you, then your life will be full of consequence. It cannot be otherwise because those two worlds clash. Then you try to have one foot in the kingdom of Satan and the other foot in the kingdom of God. And it can't work that way. So let me ask you, brethren, where do you seek a marriage partner? Do you seek him or her among believers or unbelievers? What about a moneyed girl? What is first foremost on your mind when you get a paycheck? after your own needs, who first pay off your personal debts, your mortgage, your car loan, your furniture, and then if there's something left over for the Lord, think about the kinds of things you spend your money on. Also, you young people who just started earning a living, how much do you spend on clothes? How much do you spend on entertainment? 
one transformation on yourself. And then how much do you have left for the Lord? Anything? Just because you're young and don't make a lot of money doesn't mean that you shouldn't contribute to the kingdom of God. And what about the way in which you spend your time? Think about what keeps you busy during the week. The, the kinds of things that you make time for. Sports, hobbies, watching TV, watching movies on the internet. Do you have any time left for a work in God's kingdom? You don't have to be an elder or a deacon or a minister to be busy in God's kingdom. There are many things that you can do. So let me ask you, how much room is there on your agenda to visit the sick, the sick and the lonely and the elderly? Everybody in each age group has time to contribute to the work in God's kingdom, even the elderly. Rather than waiting for visits, they can go out visiting themselves if they are mobile. And they're, if they're not mobile, they can pick up a phone or write a note to encourage those who need their wisdom and insight and compassion. Brothers and sisters, boys and girls, you must hallow God's name with your whole life and with all the possessions and talents that God has given you. It's all about God's honor. Not that you can't spend time on yourself for relaxation or money on yourself. No, no. But where are your priorities? And don't think that you have to do these things in your own strength. Remember what I said at the beginning, because God has revealed his name to us, we have access to him, and therefore to all the things that he has to offer us. And you know what the most important thing is that he gives you? His precious name. And where do you learn about that name? You learn about his name and his word. You cannot separate his name from his word, because with his name, his reputation is attached. His name is who, what he does. And his word is powerful. It is inspired. That means that it came about by the breath of God. Through God's word, you receive God's life-giving breath. God's life-giving spirit. Through God's word, you are made a new creature. Through God's word, you are empowered to prophesy about what God has done and about what God is doing right now and about what God will be doing in the future. Do you know what's going to happen to this creation? God is going to bring this creation to a glorious end the whole world as he knows. And therefore, you must use his name in the way that you walk. When you live a godly life and you represent God, when you set yourself up as different from the people of the world, then they will take notice. And that gives you the opportunity to proclaim God's greatness, to hallow his name. It gives you the opportunity to tell others about how great God is and how they too can know his name. You may introduce God's name through your words and actions to others so that they too can access, can have access to that great God. God's name 
this wonderful gift used God that used love as we are a child of God Yeshua hallow God's name 